This is a Spirit of Truth Radio Network original program. There are a number of accounts in Scripture that tell us of our blessed Lord retiring from the world for a time. If the Son of God needed to retreat for a while, then how important is it for you and me to follow in His footsteps and retreat for a while? I recently attended an Acts retreat. This weekend retreat was exactly what I needed for many reasons. Joining me along the way is the director of that retreat, Mark Gadzik. Mark, welcome. Thanks, Dave. Thank you for having me. Oh, man, it is, it is my pleasure to have you here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. Recently, somebody said to me, um, is it harder to inter- interview your friends? And, I, and it is. It's, it's, it's a lot harder to inter- interview your friends. I, I don't know why, but you're going to be a tough one, I, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, sitting in with us, is um, is my good friend Deacon Ben Lacosto from the, the Diocese of Norwich. He's sitting in for Dave Imhoff in the co-host position tonight. Deacon, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure as usual. Well, as it's, always. It's good to have you back. You sat in on a um, one interview that really you made a, a, a tremendous difference. Uh, you asked a lot of intelligent questions, so I'm kind of hoping that you'll uh, do the same thing here. <laughs> I'll give it my best shot. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, you and I had recently had a um, we had a great experience on an, on an axe retreat, and I, I really wanted to talk to you about that because this is the second time that you've been a director of these retreats, and both times I've noticed the teams that you build are incredibly close. How do you go about doing that? Well, I think it's really important that uh, you get get the right people, especially the spiritual directors. Mm-hmm. Who's going to be who's going to guide you spiritually? And that's really the glue, I think, that binds the retreat team together. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think a lot of men are looking for that, especially Catholic men are looking for that spiritual leader. And I've been very fortunate to have two great Catholic guides. I, I think another part that makes for a good team is to be really clear about who is doing what and to let people do what you've asked them to do and not interfere. And um, I've always I've been lucky enough. The men have always taken ownership and they've done really, really a great job. And as long as I stay out of the way, things seem to go pretty well. Well, I've seen I've done on, on enough of these these retreat teams to see different styles of, of the way they're directed. I've seen your style, which, as you said, you, you're you're not very hands on. You you do give the, the guys the ownership. But I've seen others that, that micromanaged every little thing and only gave certain responsibility to certain guys. And, and it really did not seem to um, have that glue there. It, it was it was just people were just along for the ride. And, and I have to say that, you know, on both teams that I've served under you as, as a, a team member, your teams were always very, very smooth, very it was just a, a, a spiritual bonding that went on. And, and I, you know, I applaud you for your leadership on that. What are some of the things that you look for in a good retreat? Excuse me, Dave. I just want to make it clear for people who are listening that we're talking about a very specific type of retreat. We're talking about an axe retreat. Right. You know, team. And so I, I just want to make that clear that that this is a very defined type of retreat where you have a team of men who give the retreat, a team of laymen, essentially, give the retreat to other men. So that's different than other types of retreats. And I I was just thinking, you know, somebody listening to this might not 
yep. get that. So I think we got to put that out there. Yeah. And you know what, Deacon, you have a lot of experience in, in the other retreats, other types of retreats. So I think maybe uh, in a few minutes, we're going to get to the different types of retreats that there are out there. Because I know that you've led a number of different types of retreats. Um, so we will be talking about that. And well, I'll even ask you that same question. So keep that. What makes a good retreat for you? A good retreat is is a retreat where you really feel connected. You feel different coming out of it than how you went into it. That you feel closer closer to God, maybe more in touch with your own feelings and more in touch with the, the men around you. Mm-hmm. I think one of the things I, I've realized over time is that men, for the most part, don't have a lot of connections. You know, we tend to have acquaintances by circumstance. Mm-hmm. It's people we work with, people we live next to. Yeah. And that's not a, a great way to have a great friendships and great um, just closeness. But I found on these retreats, people share similar values. And we really come out of it, I think, better people. Where do you think the vulnerability comes from in these retreats? And again, we're, we're speaking uh, specifically of, a, of men's of the axe retreat, but yeah. I think a lot of the, that comes from, you feel like you're safe to actually be yourself. You know, we don't have to put on a mask of being, being special or being whatever. We can just be ourselves and we can talk about things uh, with other men about what, what what we're afraid of, what we struggle with. Mm-hmm. And men aren't always comfortable uh, showing weakness. It's not usually a good trade in the business world or in other places, mm-hmm. but you really feel mm-hmm. comfortable, especially with that acts format of, of, of being vulnerable, of letting people see. And that's where the closeness comes. The Deacon Ben, you, you brought up that there are other forms of retreats. Would you say that, that vulnerability is a, is a commonality between the different types of retreats that you've, you've seen? Not necessarily. No. Uh, I mean, um, you know, there are, for instance, self-guided retreats where you go to a, a monastery or a seminary and just guide yourself. It's between you and God. Yep. But there really are none. There, there really is nobody else involved. Uh, then there are. Uh, well, uh, again, it depends on the format. I I'm currently guiding men through a 32 week retreat, an Ignatian retreat. Uh, it's called a uh, a 19th annotation retreat, the retreat in the world. Originally, St. Ignatius had his retreats, which were 30 days yep. silent. Not everybody can do that. So he had another format uh, called the, the 19th annotation uh, where we, we meet. In this case, I meet every other week and I give them two weeks of prayer and meditation. Uh, there is a certain there is certainly a, a vulnerability there uh, because when we meet, we discuss uh, the experience that the that the man has had uh, in in the prayer and the meditations that he was doing. And very often it elicits, you know, things from their past because it's a very demanding retreat. You know, St. Ignatius called it the spiritual exercises and it is a workout. There's there's no doubt. Different from Axe, I must say, you know, having been on 10 Axe retreats and remembering my first uh, one when I was a retreatant, that's a very different experience. Uh, It's uh, certainly it's uh, it it builds camaraderie. And uh, 
how can I put it? I, I remember my wife, when, when she saw the return mass, couldn't believe the cohesion of the men mm-hmm. as we sang uh, the hymns at that mass. And you really feel that bond. I mean, the only other time I've ever felt anything like that was in the military. Uh, that's It's a very unique experience. But then again, there are many types of retreats. You know, I I personally, as a deacon, I'm more or less required to go on a yearly retreat. And what I often do is I'll go to a monastery and live with monks and use that as, as a retreat, uh, seeing a, a spiritual director every day. Mm-hmm. Again, there's no no sense of camaraderie there. You know, that's a, a personal. But I mean, Acts is certainly a very unique form of retreat, but it's an active retreat. It's not necessarily a contemplative retreat. Right. Good point. Mark, is there a retreat that stands out in your mind? I think uh, the one that um, Larry Burrell was the director for. Well, Father Larry. Father Larry, no. Um, uh, yeah, that was I, a good one, I too. Was, yeah, it was very good. That had a probably one of the, the best teams I've ever been on. I was fortunate enough to be a co-director on that. And and again, you just felt you felt like a different person when you came out of it. You felt much more in, in just in touch with everything, yeah. your family, with God, everything. So that one always stood out for me yeah. as being really a, a special weekend. Yeah, that truly was. Deacon Ben, is there a retreat, whether it be an axe retreat or any other, that that really like you know changed you or, or, or offered you something that you had never gotten in, in another retreat? Absolutely, there are two. There are two. Uh, one occurred. It was the most. Um, I don't know. It was the most moving spiritual experience I'd ever had. I was on the music team, and uh, at Immaculata, and uh, you know. They always put the musicians all the way on the other end of the altar and you just walk out that door after, you know, after you've done your thing. Yeah. Well, it was a night where uh, the, uh, the a priest exposed the Blessed Sacrament and something as I was going out the door, something called me back to the Blessed Sacrament. And I knelt before the Blessed Sacrament and just came out of a stupor about two hours later. <sighs> it, it was the most bizarre a beautiful experience. It was painful, but I didn't want to leave. I, I'd never experienced anything uh, like that in my life. Yeah, just incredibly powerful. And then another time when I was a spiritual director with Steve Karen, uh, Steve was the director. And uh, it was just a, a, one of the events we did uh, was very moving with the men. And, and we just became one. Uh, again, I'd never experienced anything. Those were both axe retreats. Both axe retreats, absolutely. Yes. Is there a is there another type of, or another Ignatian spirituality uh, retreat that stands out to you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, probably the uh, the first one I ever went to. I, I used to do silent weekends in uh, with the Jesuits. Mm-hmm. Silent weekend uh, uh, Ignatian retreats, and it was a time in my life where I really uh, had a tremendous uh, tragedy occur in my life, and um, had been away from God and and just really despondent, and uh, found this retreat. I, I don't even know why I went there. My mind was not into retreats at that time, yeah. 
but I went there and it and it really uh, it's what Mark was talking about. Uh, not so much the camaraderie part, but changed my life and, and my relationship with God for sure. Uh, a priest uh, told me uh, uh, something that I'll never forget. He said, um, "God wants to be close to you. Don't sell yourself short." Yeah. And that just that just blew me away because I didn't think God really cared much about me. And so, uh, yeah, that was that was heavy. I'm sure it was. Mark, you know, we keep talking about the axe retreats and, and, you know, I am such a proponent of axe. I think it does a great job doing what it was designed to do is to rejuvenate the parish and to rejuvenate people. This ministry here, casting the dot net, is a result of axe moving in my life and getting me more motivated to uh, be involved with the church. But they recently have gone through a, a format change where they're, you know, and I don't want to give anything away and ruin anybody's experience if they do decide to go on an axe retreat, which I'm going to, I'm going to suggest, please do. Tell me what you think about the new format. When I first heard of the new format, I thought it was a terrible idea. Mm-hmm. I, I really felt that the format we had worked and why, why mess with something that was working. Yeah. But I was asked to direct under the new format. And once we did it, we realized that a lot of the stuff we had done was really superfluous to what we were trying to do, i.e. get more connected with God. And going through the new format, uh, much, I think the word is cleaner retreat. It's a much cleaner retreat. There's a lot less... um, extra stuff going on that really doesn't add to the weekend. Right. And um, my observation of it was that it, it was more vulnerable. And, and, and to me, as Jesus went to the wilderness and I, I kind of look at retreats as being that, you know, a part of that wilderness of that we need to go to, that we need to retreat to every now and then, at least once a year, I think. But what I'm trying to say is there was such vulnerability uh, that was established early on that retreat because it was just guys serving guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. And it let, it let people experience it in their own way. And everybody has a a different experience when you're retreating, especially the first time. And by, as you said, um, just making it more open, making it more vulnerable. Some, some men took advantage of that. Some, and some didn't, I mean, it's like with anything, Everybody will experience the way they can, but it gave men who wanted to the, the real opportunity to really get get engaged with the weekend and not just sit there passively. Yeah. One thing that some of the some of the things that were said in the past was that uh, some of the services and ministries were a little bit over the top and kind of scared some people away in the beginning. I think that's gone now. To me, it was just, you know, Texas did a really nice job when they, they kind of rewrote. I don't even think they rewrote. I think they just sort of scaled back uh, some of the drama that was. Well, you know, it's interesting because, uh, uh, you know, having we've been involved with Axe for, I don't know, 15 years. And uh, I think we've seen several format changes over that time. And every one of those seems to be scaling down a lot of that superfluous stuff, you know, so it's been developmental over the years. I don't, I haven't seen the, the newest, the latest format, but I remember when I was a director, 
we had just gone through another format change. That was the time when, um, you know, they changed spiritual director to Catholic guide and, and a whole uh, a host of other things that were not supposed to occur. So I think it's it's great, you know, it, it, and, and I think it uh, it keeps it fresh. Yeah, I think one of the advantages of Acts is also one of its disadvantages uh, in that it's not a fixed format, i.e. The, the weekend is scheduled, but you do have some flexibility. And over time, everybody wants to do a better job. Yeah. And so they would add a little more. The next director would say, oh, well, we did we did whatever, 10, 10 things. Let's make it 11 this time. Right. And and after a while, it, it really turned into almost an endurance contest. Yes, yes. Yeah. Which brings me to my next point, Mark. I noticed that on, on this retreat that you and I both served on, that there was some more free time, which I think... I think guys really need that. If, if, if you have, like Deacon Ben said, an active retreat, I think you really need to give some guys to digest some of the stuff that they're learning. You just can't keep filling them up and filling them up throughout the weekend. And that's that's another thing that I think you, you really need to focus on is, is giving guys that time to, to, again, digest what they've taken in. Uh, that was one of my major complaints on my own first retreat, that there was just – as you said, Mark, it was just an endurance contest. You know, I mean, it was great. It was wonderful. And it never left me. But I would have liked time to digest, you know, to 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 pray, get in the chapel and maybe be by myself. So you're right. I think sometimes, especially as you've done a couple of retreats, you forget how impactful it really is the first time you go through yeah. and and then you've added in all this extra stuff and it, it was overwhelming. And, and we're, I think almost to a man. And as you know, our first night we had a, let's complain about the new format session, which went <laughs> basically the entire meeting. But I think to a man, the team agreed the new format worked better than the old, which was great. Mm -hmm. You know, by the end of it. I definitely agree to the point where I called Texas myself and 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 congratulated them on on the uh, the new format. It just it was so much better. Well, Mark, I I have a question. So, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the future of Axe is in Connecticut? You know, I've heard people saying it's dying. The Holy Spirit is going to come up with a new, uh, you know, something new. We went from Curcio to this, and what do you think the future is? I think the future will be. Um, I still think there's still some life. We really have really only stayed in central Connecticut for the most part. You know, we still have central and eastern Connecticut. Uh, we still have really western Connecticut, the Northwest Hills, et cetera. There's a lot of places it can go. And I think what you'll we'll start to see are men who've been on a retreat going back again, like in the parishes that have been established. There's always something new over the horizon. I, I would, I would hate, you know, I would never say no acts is the end all be all to retreats, but I still think it has a lot of, um, a lot of room to grow here in, in the state. Yeah, it truly does. I, you know, again, I mean, what losing Immaculata was, was a, was a big blow to it because Immaculata was, it had a great setup. The location was, was, was kind of convenient. It was built. It was essentially built for acts. Was you know, it? if you know the whole story, yeah. it was built for Axe. You know, um, you remember, Dave, they they were going to close Immaculata and it was Paulette that uh, convinced them. 
And instead of closing Immaculata, they closed the one in Texas, which was originally was going to get that that funding. Mm-hmm. So so when they when they remodeled uh, Immaculata, it was essentially a format for a venue, I should say, uh, for acts. And that was a tremendous blow, a tremendous blow. Mm-hmm. But we are lucky, the- though, that we still have Enders Island, which is a is a fantastic location. That food was t- delicious, Mark. It was, it was, yes. It was great. It was very compact. You know, there was only like a couple of rooms that we we operated in, out of, but it, it worked out perfectly um, with, the, with the new format. Yeah, and, and it worked out better for, uh, especially some of the men had trouble walking, et cetera. So it was great. There wasn't really any long distances. Anybody had to go to get get to anywhere even the dining hall wasn't all that far away so yeah it did work out really well but you know that's the miracle of acts i've always seen that that no matter what obstacle and we know we all know what it's like trying to put an axe retreat on uh somehow there's always a miracle at the end it's just always that has always astounded me you know in the face of so many obstacles in the end it just turns out wonderfully well, this team that that Mark and I served on is is uh, is definitely a, an example of that because, you know, Mark was the director, and what was it, Mark? The second week in, you went down with with a medical issue. I made it the the night after the first meeting. <laughs> I ended up in the hospital the next day. So yeah, <laughs> and, and then a couple of, then it was a you know what a week after that, I was in the hospital. I didn't fortunately I didn't miss a meeting, but. I was in the hospital uh, laying on a bathroom floor dying from a reaction to a uh, contrast dye. Uh, then we lost, you know, a co-director uh, had to leave the team. And um, we had, what, six weeks to put together six talks and we got them done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but we had a good, we really had a great uh, spiritual leader. Mark, you did a, a fantastic job, you know, putting all the, you know, the components together and everything like that. But, you know, Jim Percy really set the tone by saying, look, we need to be more spiritual now. And he yeah. let, you know, he, he led us spiritually great in a, in, a, in a wonderful way. So applaud him for the, for his excellent work that he did there. Yeah. I think that was, again, um, like you were saying, one of the big changes included the meetings, about a lot more time for spiritual reflection and spiritual bonding than with the teams used to have because you used to need so much time to put everything together. Now you need much less time. So you could spend that time becoming closer, you know, becoming more spiritual, et cetera. Exactly. Deacon Ben, have you um, put together any other other types of retreats that, that, you know, maybe somebody could put together themselves and, and enjoy? Uh, no, uh, I have not. Uh, the only ones that I uh, run aside from acts are the Ignatian spiritual exercises. And that that was a two year process to be certified in that. Uh, so I, I went to Creighton University to learn uh, about the spiritual in in, um, in Omaha, Nebraska, mm-hmm. and then finished in in low in uh, uh, Cardinal Stritch University. Uh, the reason I, I did that was because in my formation for the diaconate in my first year, we were guided by a Jesuit priest through the Ignatian spiritual exercises. And Mark, that was that was something that changed my life. You know, up until then, I wasn't totally sure if I wanted to do the diaconate. 
But after that, I, I was on fire. And, and I was inspired to someday be a person that would guide people through this, uh, through these. So, yeah, th that's the only type, uh, uh, other than acts, uh, Ignatian uh, uh, spiritual exercises are the only retreats that I've, I've run. And, you know, again, they're retreats in the world where we meet uh, every other week and then the person goes in the world. So it's a different, very different uh, experience, but it requires a, a good hour of daily prayer and meditation. So it's uh it's 32 it's a very intense 32 weeks. Mm -hmm. Um you know uh it it uh, but the fruits are incredible. I had the opportunity a few years ago before I started getting in involved with acts. I went on a uh, retreat that was put on by the passionists in West Hartford. Yeah. Oh good job. Yeah. Yeah, they uh, th again great food. I mean at least it was back when I went <laughs> great food. They gave some, you know, they gave some great talks, but they had like a number of, of uh, speakers that were going on and you could choose which one you wanted to go and see and, and partake in. You know, it, it left you some time for spirit, you know, for spiritual meditation and uh, it gave you, you know, obviously there was mass in the morning and stuff like that. I'm going to open this question up to, to both of you. What, how do you decide what type of retreat you think you need? I think it's the one you're called to. Uh, if you don't mind, I'll tell you, uh, I'm a clinical social worker and I was counseling someone who was going through a divorce and um, he had been involved in um, some bad stuff that he never told his wife. And then one day he had confided in his wife and she immediately filed for divorce. So I was counseling this couple and then I asked him one day, you know, so-and-so, uh, why did you ever tell your wife you had done everything you had to do? You went to treatment, you went to confession, you did everything. Why did you ever tell her? And he said, Acts. Now, I had no idea what Acts was. And I asked him about it. He told me a little bit about it. And then about three months later, I saw an ad in my in my local parish paper that there was an Acts retreat. And I said, you know, I guess God is calling me to this. So that's how I found Axe. Mm -hmm. How about you, Mark? How did you get involved in Axe? Oh, Bob, uh, actually, it's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my wife went on on one of the earliest uh, women's retreats at, at from from our parish and came back was really on fire, and I could see the change in her. Yeah, and I still wasn't convinced. I have to admit, it did take me almost almost two years before I finally went. But I think maybe. You're absolutely right. You just had to feel called. Like when I finally said yes, I never once said, eh, that's probably not a good idea or how can I get out of it? It was like, no, now's the right time to go. Um, and I was, you know, just blown away from the weekend and got involved and have been ever since. Well, if anybody cares about, you know, what, what I think. <laughs> what do you think? Dave? What do you think? Dave? <laughs> well, you know, like I said, I, I experienced the, the, the passionists, their retreat, and I enjoyed myself. Uh, very much. I was there with a good friend of mine. Was uh, asked by you know now Father Larry Burrell to uh, think about going on the, the Axe retreat, and I did. And we were we were up in uh, Putnam at the up in Putnam, and uh, you know the the first thing I walked in and there's there's music being played, and and uh, I remember telling the the, uh, the the people playing the the music. I says, you know, I usually like when I see Catholics with guitars, I just 
walk the other way because, you know, it's just too hippy-dippy for me. And uh, But no, the music was outstanding. I mean, it was David Lawrence Holly was one of the guitarists. Uh, Dave Eddy was another one. J.V. Mateo was the... Uh, was the uh, bass player and Alex Whittem was uh, the drummer. I mean, could you ask for a better music ministry? You know. Yes, Dan Leone. Oh yeah, Dan's Dan's great too. Dan, yeah, yeah. Dan, I forgot Dan. Dan is fantastic. You know, but then you know we started hearing the talks and 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 it really just kind of it made me come out of my shell. You know, like I said, I owe a lot to Axe because I saw I witnessed guys. Bearing their souls, bearing their hearts, and, you know, saying things that you know, they might, they definitely wouldn't say anywhere else. And, and and trust was built and friendships were built. I am still friends with, with the guys that have been on, that was on that retreat. And that, I think that was in 2012, 2013. So I'm still friends with these guys. Well, you know, uh, you, you mentioned uh, the, one of the primary uh, fruits of Acts, and that's parish building. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, in 2002, uh, I moved permanently from New York City and I live on a lake in the middle of nowhere. So it was like culture shock. I, I, I knew nobody. And, you know, typically you go to church, you sit in the same pew and you, you don't really know anybody. Uh, it was through acts that I became I knew uh, I, I had friends with a lot of people in that parish mm-hmm. over over the course of several uh, acts retreats and teams. So you're right. It is. And and by the way, uh, my 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 pastor uh, is very favorable about having one in our in our parish, which is Good Shepherd. We have two churches, uh, St. Columba and the Church of the Holy Family. And I'm very looking forward to uh to that, to scheduling uh, that there, because I think it would really invigorate the parish. Well, let me tell you something, Deacon. We were on uh, retreat with a guy that comes from your parish, uh, TJ uh, Taganelli. Sure. What a fantastic guy he is. Um, oh yeah. You know he he was he was he was fantastic on that retreat. I, um, his his wife is also a saint. Bridget is just an amazing person. Amazing person. Well, he's a he's a great guy. I, I I grew very very close to him on uh, during that retreat. So, and maybe just follow up on Ben's Ben's point is uh, when when our parish when St Mary's in Coventry uh, had a new priest, he didn't know anything about Acts. He was into another um, retreat format. That's what he personally was familiar with, and it wasn't until somebody sat down and explained that literally 90% of the people who do things in the parish were on an ax retreat that he came around and started sponsoring it, sponsoring them and getting more involved. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think the reason is because as we've all said all, all through this is you've developed friends and you like doing things with your friends. Yep. You know, it, it's, it's fun to, to go and whatever, help, help the parish, whatever, clean, clean the gutters when you're with a bunch of friends and people you enjoy. Yeah, but you brought up a great point about the priests seeing the fruits of, of Acts and, and, and the fruits of really any retreat is going to get somebody to be more fired up about their parish, about their, their spiritual life. But how, do, how, come, how can we get priests more involved with these retreats? And, and more so, how do we, how do we get our bishops to understand these the, the the benefits of these as well. 
Yeah, that's that's always been a tough nut to crack, especially now priests are so busy. And someone comes along and says, I have an idea for we can do something else here. And I'm sure the first response is, really, you've got to be kidding. You want to do more? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I know for some, some priests, and not all, but, but some, the idea that this is a lay retreat without a lot of priest involvement was a little off-putting because, um, you know, they're, they're the shepherd to the flock. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, if they're not sure about what the message being presented, and I can understand that. I can understand why there'd be some reluctance sure. on, um, on that kind of retreat. But I think some of it is just reminding the priests that have done it what the impact has been in the parish and let them talk, talk to their associates. I'm sure all the priests talk about the different parishes. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that happens all the time. Sure. And, sure. Um, and, and to make sure that our priests are ambassadors and saying, yeah, you know, since Acts came in, you know, we don't have any trouble hosting an event. We always have people whenever we need X, Y, Z done. We're always able to get people because it's and it's the act community doing that. I think that will go away when priestly not only does it help evangelize, but also helps take some of the pressure off of what they're responsible for. I think that's going to help move it through, you know, throughout the state. You know, our retreat, the age range was was really pretty, pretty big. I mean, we had Adam who was what? What's Adam like? 23? 20. Yeah. And then. I don't know who the oldest guy on the team was. Might have been you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I resemble that remark. Uh, Yes. (laughs) No, but I mean, are there certain retreats you think that, that are more tailored towards younger people? And I'm, I'm asking you, Deacon Ben, do you think there's more people, there are more retreats that are tailored towards younger people and some that are, you know, more towards, uh, an old oh, definitely. Uh, definitely. You know, there, there are a whole host of, of youth retreats. I'm not sure where the uh, where the Axe youth has gone, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, clearly, yeah. But again, I share the same experience. We've had people, I'm talking now retreatants, not team members. Mm-hmm. We've had retreatants that were in their early 20s, you know, and guys in their 80s on the same retreat. And I think that was a wonderful experience for those for those young people, yeah. particularly, you know, to, to see older men who are on fire with their faith. You know, that's very unique. Mm-hmm. You just don't see that. So uh, there's a lot to be said, certainly having a youth exclusive uh, retreat. But I think there's a lot to be said for the wisdom and, and, the, and the faith sharing uh, with the mixed you know, the, the age. So uh, again, I, I think it's a calling. I, I've always felt that particularly with acts, uh, but certainly with other retreats, uh, certainly with the Ignatian retreats, your call to it. I, I really believe that the Holy spirit is working in you uh, and, and draws you to a particular retreat at a particular time in your life. You know, I think we've all, Mark, I'm sure you've had this experience, Dave, I'm sure you have, where, you know, I remember walking into church uh, trying to get retreatants because I was on a team or the the director, whatever it was, and seeing a guy 
and approaching him and say, you know, asked him, have you ever thought about an axle tree, giving him the, the brochure? And then he shows up and then the guy is a whole different person after after the retreat. Right. You, mm-hmm. Right, Mark? Oh, I mean, absolutely. Yeah. I think we've all all experienced that. You, you know, Deacon, you bring up a good point in, you know, the age and, you know, how younger guys. I honestly think that if if you do have a, a big age gap between people, that it, it, it really does debunk the, the theory of, of a generation gap. And then it, that it, it brings people so closely together that the possibility of mentoring has an ability to foster. Clearly, our society has lost that whole sense of wisdom of an older guy or an older woman. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. They've lost that whole sense. Yeah. You know, because of the the seeming control that young people have, you know, with their with their phones and and everything, they they have this false sense of control that that whole idea of somebody that's been through the mill, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80 years old has wisdom. They they, they don't get that. But yet they experience it when they're when they're in uh, with them. So I, I think it's uh, I think it's I think it it's very moving. And, and I think very beneficial to have that mix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mark, mentoring was a big thing for you on this retreat that we, we just went on because I know that you were, throughout all the, the troubles that you had, you were trying to mentor your, your co-director to become a, uh, a director. Yes. <laughs> He'll be a great director, by the way. I don't think so. I think he's a clown. He's, he's, he's a... <laughs> He's your putts, you know, extraordinaire. No, I was I was fortunate enough to serve as your your co-director on this retreat, and uh, and that's one of the things that stood out to me so much was was your ability to mentor, and I and I think that's really really something that we need to develop as Christian men is um, is our ability to mentor each other. I think acts, and I think you know other, and you know even other formats has the ability to mentor those and bring them up from where they are. I mean, I, I learned so much about not just, uh, you know, how to put together a retreat on this, but really how to uh, how to be with other guys, you know, in, in a different capacity of, you know, I, I really, I made a conscious effort on this retreat to make sure that I got to know everybody. I mean, I've been on a number of retreats. And, you know, you have the guys that you hang around with and, you, you know, you, but I, I made a conscious effort to, to like, just get to know everybody. And it made such a difference to me. I saw the whole team and I saw, there weren't a lot of weaknesses, but the, you know, I saw so much strength. Once, once we all came together, there was just this beautiful spirit, this, this strength that just brought us together and we, and we cruised through that weekend. Yeah. And, and I think that was important, too, because the team will follow the example of the leadership. You know, if, if you have an engaged leadership that's talking to everybody, that's engaged with everybody, the team is going to do that. I always tried whenever I was in any of, you know, director, co-director, any of those slots to always do what you did. You know, make sure I talk to everybody. Look look for the guy that's by himself when we're having a break and, and go up and talk. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, because men will will do that if, if they see a leadership team that's just back and they're all in their little group huddling, um, you won't get that. Right. 
I first noticed it when, you know, you saw the youngest guy on the, on the team sitting with, you know, a group of the older guys that were on the team and, you know, they were, they were including him and to his credit, when it came time to give input, that kid was spot on, on all, on, on all his observations. And, and he, you know, he, he gave a lot of great advice. He really did. Uh, but he's got a good dad too. I mean, his, his father is a good friend of um, all of us, John Barrett. All of ours. But you know, that's that's a very good point. That uh, you know, I talked about the young learning from the old, but it works in reverse too. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, when you when you take the time, you know, we older guys can be arrogant like that, like you know, like brush him aside. He's a kid, mm-hmm. but uh, I I know that when I swallow my pride and listen. You you can learn. You can learn the other way too. So certainly the youth have their say as well. They they have their voice as well. Especially if you let them if you let them do it, uh, like uh, uh, which uh, acts format uh, format permits them to do so. Well, there's an old there's an old saying that says when you're ripe you're rotten, when you're green you're growing. So, um, <laughs> so we we learned a lot. We learned that from from uh, Adam de- definitely. You know, he's not with us today, but uh, our good friend Dave Imhoff, he, who was uh, with his brother, Peter Imhoff, who was, uh, uh, well, he's he's got some health issues and Dave's down there taking care of, you know, just spending some time with his brother and, and we keep Peter in, in our prayers. Dave has become the master of one day, days of reflection. And we've been down to the Knights of Columbus Museum for Father McGivney, uh, days of reflection. Um, we've got, we had a, uh, a couple of into the breach days of reflection that we've done. Um, do you see any benefit in these these one day days of reflection? These di- one days of retreat. I certainly do. I certainly think that um, I've certainly gotten a lot out of them um, enough so that I actually joined the, the that team as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you know, again. You know, nothing has to be, you know, it doesn't, er, not everything has to be a home run. You know, sometimes singles and doubles work great too. And having a one day kind of get recentered, refocused on, on the truly important things is sometimes what, what you need. Yeah. And yeah. it's also a lot easier to do. Like, you know, the thing with like acts, you have to take time off from work because you're, you have to take Friday off, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be, a lot more difficult for some men. Uh, the the one day it's held on a Saturday, and um, I've re- I've really enjoyed them. Obviously, since I joined the team. <laughs> do Do you find that they increase your spirituality? Well, I, it does increase. A multi day retreat is going to be much more immersive. Mm-hmm. You know, you're spending the night somewhere else. You are having much more opportunities for. Uh, just conversations, casual conversations with people at different meals and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, things before you go to bed, maybe go to sleep. You know, obviously that's going to be a lot more immersive than you're going to get from one day. Yeah. But again, I, yeah. I enjoyed the one day considerably. I thought it was great. I felt more, more spiritually connected, learned some things. So that's, that's always good. I mean, let's, let's look at the experience of the Catholic men's conference. You know, people come out of there on fire. That's a good point, Deacon. You know, and that's a one day, not even a one day. You know, I mean, that they, they come out of there 
really, really inspired. And yeah. we've had some yeah. incredible speakers and, and, and incredibly beautiful moments there of spirituality. So I think, um, you know, a one day can be very effective, yeah. very effective. And as Mark says, it, it's, a, it's doable for a lot of people, mm -hmm. you know, whereas uh, a two or three day retreat just doesn't work. Right. You know, with work and stuff. So, yeah, Dave does a wonderful job with that. Um, he's actually just he's 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 mastered the format of it and he, he pulls these things together. The last one that we did, we did at the uh, the Knights of Columbus Museum. I had the absolute privilege to sit next to uh, Father McGivney's great grandnephew. Wow. Yeah. Or great nephew, wow. I think. Yeah. Yeah, he was a he was a great guy, funny guy, telling stories. I mean, he was in his like probably like close to eighty years old, and just still had all his faculties, and just a, you know just a great guy. And um, I got a picture of myself with him, and just fantastic. So I, I mean, you go to these things, and you never know who you're going to meet. You never know um, what kind of connections you're going to make with the guys that you're there. But they're generally, always good, you know. Mm -hmm. And it it's sort of the nice thing about those is that it opens up communication between the different councils of the Knights of Columbus and, you know, this council here can see what that council's doing and, you know, sort of some cross-pollination of ideas and and uh, good ideas can grow out of things like that. So it's another reason to attend these, these days of reflection. And we're actually going to be putting one on virtually, a, a, a day of reflection for Into the Breach, which is uh, Bishop Olmsted's apostolic exhortation uh, we're, we're putting together one of those and, and dave's is, is you know leadership on that has been amazing well that's another format you just brought up uh, which has uh, you know which uh, the uh, covid uh, epidemic has spawned uh, the whole virtual aspect of it we had a virtual uh, uh, we had a virtual de deacons uh convocation last year mm -hmm. uh, which had a lot of uh, a spirit of a, a spirit we usually have a a, a, a speaker uh, doing essentially a one-day uh, retreat, yeah. and it was great. It was great. We were actually, you know, virtually could break into groups, and then we had time to reflect. You know, maybe an hour, and then come back to the group. It was really very powerful, very well done virtually. So that's a whole other way of, mm. of it. You know, the bottom line is touching touching people. You know, and 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 meeting them where they are in the best way we can. So, uh, I think there's a lot of formats now. Yeah, you know, Deacon, you brought up a great point about meeting people where they are, and I don't care what style of format you you go to. I think that is probably one of the most important things that you can do, is to meet people where they are. I mean, it's just critical to evangelization. Is meeting them where they yeah, are absolutely. And, and, you know the the best the best spiritual director I've 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 ever had said. You know it's like you're a you're a master swimmer, and then you take somebody who's petrified of the water to the pool. You jump in and you start doing backstrokes and saying, "Hey Joe, come on, there's nothing to it." <laughs> that ain't gonna work because he's not there yet. Absolutely, <laughs> you gotta eat. And you got to meet them where they're at and what they're ready for. You know, not everybody's going to be ready for acts. Certainly not everybody's ready for Ignatian uh, uh, retreat. So uh, the good news is that the church provides so many different opportunities for retreat. As you said, the passionist, I know people that 
come out of there on fire. Yeah. You know, so there are many, many, many formats. You know, Deacon, this, the name of this show along the way actually came from a, a gentleman that I was on retreat with, Hal Default. Uh, he was, he was at my table when I was on my first axe retreat and he, he would always say, oh, you're further along the way than, than I am. And it's like, I don't think so, but further along the way. And so that whole thing about being along the way and our journey, that's where this, the name of this came from. So another thing that came out of, out of an axe retreat was, was, was that name guys. We're starting to run out of time now. I want to thank you both for being here. Mark, it was an absolute honor to serve under you as a, as your co-director. I appreciate everything that you taught me. Deacon Ben, thank you again for joining us as, as co-host. My pleasure. Yeah, you're an, you're an absolute uh, joy, and I, and I appreciate your friendship and, and everything that you do. Deacon, would you mind giving us a blessing? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the very many ways that you send your spirit to us, that you send them through acts and through many, many other forms of retreat. Help us to bring men to retreats in any form that you call them to. And we ask this in Jesus's name. Amen. Amen. And the Lord be with you. And with your spirit. With your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. So for my guest, Mark Gatzik, for my co-host, Deacon Ben Lacosto, always keeping my producer, David Imhoff, in our prayer and his brother, I am down the hall, Dave, praying that your troubles be less, your blessings be more, and nothing but happiness come through your door. I'll see you next time. <laughs>